here's something we hope you'll really like. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked on ACC. It is Monday, April 13th, 2020, and it is raining like hell here in the Carolinas. I'm Brian Wilmer. I'm your host. Uh, For those of you around us, if you're in the southeast anywhere, thoughts and prayers to all of you. Hopefully you've all stayed safe, not been too terribly impacted by all these storms going around because it has been just bananas over the last 48 hours or so around the southeast. Uh, Lived through far too much of that in my time, and now here it is again. So again, thoughts and prayers to all of you. Hopefully all is coming out at least as well as possible for all of you. If you want to contact the program, it's simple to do. You can follow us. We are at Locked On ACC on Twitter. You can send us an email, lockedonacc at gmail.com. And you can tweet me individually. I am at Sports Matters. Another tournament throwback edition today. And we have a special surprise for you in the third segment. So stay tuned for that. First, though, we need to take you back because it is another tournament throwback edition. Only three of these left. Let's go ahead, jump in, pony your seatbelts. Let's go. We've been on both sides of this year in this series, so today we're just going to take you back to that year. Today we travel back in time to 2004. Not a lot of events in 2004, but Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook. It was only for Harvard students at the time. That was February 4th of the year. August 13th through 29th, the 2004 Summer Olympics take place in Athens, Greece. And November 2nd, George W. Bush re-elected president of the United States. Deaths in 2004... Pat Tillman, legend, passed away April 22nd. Tony Randall, May 17th. Ronald Reagan, June 5th. Ray Charles, June 10th. A lot of big names on here. Good grief. Marlon Brando, July 1st. Rick James, August 6th. Elmer Bernstein, the legendary composer who did the music for Animal House, amazingly enough, August 18th. Laura Branigan, August 26th. Rodney Dangerfield, October 5th. Christopher Reeve, October 10th. And ODB passed away. On November 13th, it's been 16 years since ODB passed away. Man, need to go listen to Got Your Money or something. Top three movies of 2004. Number three, Spider-Man 2, $788,976,453. Number two, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, $796,668,549. And number one, Shrek 2, $919,000. $838,758. They should have stopped there. The top three songs of 2004. Number three, If I Ain't Got You by Alicia Keys. Usher's Burn, number two. And Usher again at number one, along with Lil Jon and Ludacris. And the legendary club track, Yeah. Your top three movies, songs, and the world in 2004. Now to the world of the ACC in 2004. Duke, your regular season champion, 13 and 3 in the league, 31 and 6 overall. NC State, 11 and 5, 21 and 10. Wake, 9 and 7, 21 and 10. Georgia Tech, 9 and 7, 28 and 10. Carolina, 8 and 8, 19 and 11. Maryland, 7 and 9, 20 and 12. Florida State, 6 and 10, 19 and 14. Virginia, 6 and 10, 18 and 13. And Clemson, 3 and 13, 10 and 18. In 2004, I'll tell you who the 
NCAA participants were from the league in just a minute. First, the top 10 scorers in terms of points per game. Rashad McCants led the league. We'll go the other way this time. Rashad McCants, 20 points a game, led the league. Julius Hodge from NC State, 18.2. Justin Gray of Wake Forest, 17. Tim Pickett of Florida State, 16.5. J.J. Redick, 15.9. John Gilchrist of Maryland, 15.4. Sean May, 15.2. Luol Deng, 15.1. B.J. Elder of Georgia Tech, 14.9. And Chris Paul and Elton Brown of Virginia tied for 10th, 14.8 points per game. Your superlatives in 2004, Julius Hodge of NC State, your player of the year. Chris Paul, the rookie of the year. Your first team all-league, Justin Gray of Wake, Chris Duhon of Duke, Tim Pickett of Florida State, Julius Hodge of NC State, Rashad McCants of Carolina. Second team, Sheldon Williams of Duke, Sean May, Marcus Melvin from NC State, BJ Elder of Georgia Tech, JJ Reddick from Duke. Third team, Jarrett Jack, John Gilchrist, Luel Deng, Raymond Felton, and Chris Paul. You're all freshmen that year. J.R. Reynolds of Virginia, Alexander Johnson of Florida State, Enjin Atsur of NC State, Chris Paul, Wake Forest, and Luel Deng. You're all freshman team. The 2004 ACC tournament took place at the Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. We had an 8-9 game, the lone first-round game. Virginia gets by Clemson in overtime, 83-79 in the 8-9 game. Virginia onto the quarterfinals where they fall to number one Duke, 84-74. The 4-5 game, Georgia Tech over North Carolina, 83-82, and one of the more outstanding games we've seen at that tournament in a long while. Number two, NC State over Florida State, 78-71, and Maryland trips up number three, Wake Forest, 87-86. Semifinals, Duke over Georgia Tech, 85-71, Maryland with its second straight upset, beating NC State, 85-82, taking us to the championship, where Maryland knocks off Duke, 95-87. The Terrapins win the ACC tournament. That's the third ACC title for Maryland in its history, Gary Williams, his first, John Gilchrist of Maryland, the MVP for that tournament. So Maryland's going to the NCAA tournament from the ACC in 2004. Joining them, we have Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, and Carolina. So six teams from the ACC on to the big dance. On to the NCAA tournament quickly. We'll tell you where they're playing. The opening round games, of course, in UD Arena. First and second rounds, HSBC Arena in Buffalo, the Key Arena in Seattle, the Pepsi Center in Denver, the RBC Center in Raleigh, the Bradley Center in Milwaukee, the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, the Nationwide Arena in Columbus, and the TD Waterhouse Center in Orlando. The regional semis and finals, the East Rutherford Regional, the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey, RIP Continental, the Phoenix Regional America West Arena in Phoenix, RIP America West, the Atlanta Regional Georgia Dome in Atlanta, and the St. Louis Regional, the Edward Jones Dome in St. Louis, the Final Four, the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. Now on to the NCAA tournament. We'll tell you where everybody went. The St. Louis Regional, Kentucky the number one seed, and we had a lone ACC representative in the St. Louis Regional, still tough to say it that way. Kentucky, the number one seed. They beat Florida A&M in round one and get bounced by UAB in round two. UAB, the Blazers, victorious 76-75 over Kentucky. They go on to face four-seed Kansas in the 
Regional semi in St. Louis, Kansas 100-74 over UAB. The Jayhawks through to the regional final in St. Louis. The ACC representative we have in this is Georgia Tech. They are the three seed sent to Milwaukee. The Jackets beat Northern Iowa 65-60 in round one, then slip past Boston College 57-54 in round two, then go on to round three in St. Louis and beat 10-seed Nevada, who got past Gonzaga, Georgia Tech 72-67 over the Wolfpack. Kansas-Georgia Tech in the regional final in St. Louis. And the Yellow Jackets, your winners. Georgia Tech 79, Kansas 71. Georgia Tech on to the final four. Amazingly enough, the Atlanta Regional features two ACC teams, two ACC powers, in fact. Duke goes to Raleigh as the number one seed. They beat Alabama State 96-61 in the first game, then run past Seton Hall 90-62. On to Atlanta for the regional semis where Duke beats Illinois 72-62. Illinois the five seed who had gotten past Murray State and Cincinnati to get there. So Duke on to the regional final, the other ACC school in the Atlanta Regional. North Carolina sent to Denver, if you'll recall that. Denver beats Air Force in the 6-11 game, 63-52. Goes on to round two, where third seed Texas knocks out Carolina, 78-75. The Longhorns victorious in that game. Texas with four double-digit scores. Royal Ivy, 17. Brandon Mouton, 12. Jason Klotz, P.J. Tucker, 10 each. Texas 27 of 55 from the floor, 49.1%. 5 of 13 from three, 38.5%. 19 of 23 from the line, 82.6. Carolina with four double-digit scorers of their own. Rashad McCants, 27 to lead everybody. Jawad Williams, 17. And Raymond Felton and Sean May, 11 each. Carolina 25 of 65, 38.5% from the floor. 9 of 28 from three, 32.1%. And 16 of 19 from the line, 84.2%. Carolina sent home in round two by the Texas Longhorns. Texas would make it one more round as seven-seeded Xavier would knock out the Longhorns. 79-71 in Atlanta, setting up a Duke-Xavier regional final. The Blue Devils get past Xavier, 66-63. Duke on to the final four. So we've covered two regions. We have two ACC representatives in the final four. How many more ACC teams will we get into the Final Four? You'll find out next. You're listening to Locked On ACC. Stay tuned. This is Locked On ACC. Monday, April 13th, 2020. We are in the middle of 2004 as we look back at the NCAA tournament. And again, we have a special treat for you coming up in the third segment, so don't go anywhere. On to the East Rutherford Regional. St. Joseph's, the number one seed. Remember when St. Joseph's was capable of getting a number one seed? The lone ACC representative in that regional, Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons with the four seed in that regional. St. Joe's thumps Liberty 82-63 in the 116 game. Then beats Texas Tech 70-65 in round two in Buffalo. On to East Rutherford, where St. Joe's would take on Wake Forest. Wake Forest beats VCU 79-78. In round one in Raleigh in another great game. Then beats Manhattan 84-80. In round two, the 12th-seeded Jaspers had beaten the 5th-seeded Florida Gators 75-60 in round one to get there. St. Joe's then goes on to beat Wake Forest 84-80 in the regional semis, sending home the Demon Deacons. Wake Forest 
gets four double-digit scores. Justin Gray, 23. Eric Williams, 19. Chris Paul and Jamal Levy, 12 each. Wake, 27 of 51, 52.9% from the field. 8 of 16 from 3, 50%. 18 of 25 from the line, 72%. St. Joe's gets 24 each from Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. 17 from Pat Carroll and 13 from Tyrone Barley. They shoot 50%, 29 of 58 from the field, 12 of 24 from three, 50%, and 14 of 23 from the line, 60.9% to send home Wake Forest. So St. Joe's on to the regional final. We'll tell you who they get in just a second. Down in the bottom half of the bracket, Oklahoma State, the two seed. Pitt beats Wisconsin 59-55 in round two. Wisconsin got past Richmond in round one. Pitt passed UCF. So Pitt onto the regional semi in East Rutherford. Oklahoma State beats Eastern Washington 75-56. Memphis over South Carolina 59-43. Then Oklahoma State does in Memphis 70-53. Oklahoma State and Pitt in the other regional semi. Oklahoma State dispatches of Pittsburgh 63-51 onto the regional final. St. Joe's and Oklahoma State in East Rutherford. And Oklahoma State is your third Final Four team. They beat the Hawks 64-62. So Oklahoma State... On to the final four, leaving us with one more region. That one would be Phoenix, where Phoenix welcomes ACC representatives Maryland and NC State. Stanford, the number one seed there, though. Stanford faces UT San Antonio in round one, beats them 71-45. So they're on to round two against Alabama. Maryland beats UTEP, and Syracuse beats BYU. So Maryland and Syracuse on to round two in the top of that bracket. NC State beats Louisiana 61-52 in the 3-14 game. NC State on to play Vanderbilt in round two. Vanderbilt beats Western Michigan. DePaul, Dayton in round one. DePaul, 76-69 winners over Dayton in the 7-10 game. And UConn easily over Vermont, 70-53 in the 2-15 contest. Round two, Stanford falls, the number one seed out. The first ACC team out of the Phoenix Regional then falls below them. Maryland, 72-70 against Syracuse. The Orange move on. The Terrapins move home. Syracuse, 22 of 55, 40% in that game. 4 of 12 from 3, 33.3%. 24 of 38 from the line, 63.2%. Three Orange scorers in double figures. Hakeem Warwick, 26. Jerry McNamara, 13. And Craig Forth, 10, adding 12 rebounds for the Orange. Maryland places three scorers in double figures. Jamar Smith and Travis Garrison, 16 each. Chris McRae, 10. Maryland, 20 of 52, 38.5% from the field. Three of 12 from three, 25%. And 27 of 38 from the line, 71.1%. So Alabama and Syracuse in one regional semi. NC State then bounced in Denver in round two. So all of the ACC representation in, in the West regional or whatever you want to call it, the Phoenix Regional. I'm still calling it the West. Vanderbilt beats NC State 75-73 to knock out the Wolfpack. Vanderbilt places four scorers in double figures. Matt Frigi, 31 for the Commodores. Mario Moore, 16. David Pribyshevsky, 13. And Corey Smith, 10 for Vanderbilt, who shot 23 of 49 from the field, 46.9%. 10 of 25, 40% from three and 19 of 21, 90.5% from the line. NC State, four double-figure scorers of their own. Ilyan Eftimov, 28 points. Enjinat Sur, 14. 
and Julius Hodge and Marcus Melvin, 11 each. NC State, 27 of 57 from the field, 47.4%. 13 of 31 from three, 41.9%. And six of eight from the line, 75%. Vanderbilt shoots 21 free throws. State shoots eight. That's kind of a problem. So Vanderbilt moves on. They'll face UConn in the other regional semi. UConn, a 72-55 winner over DePaul. Alabama then beats Syracuse 80-71, sending the eight-seeded Crimson Tide to the regional final. UConn then easily over Vanderbilt, 73-53. The second-seeded Huskies onto the regional final. UConn sends home Alabama, 87-71 in the regional final in Phoenix. UConn, your fourth Final Four team. So on to the Final Four we go in San Antonio. We have a one, two twos, and a three in the Final Four. The one is the first one to go home. Second-seeded UConn knocks out the Duke Blue Devils, 79-78 in San Antonio, ending the Blue Devils' season. Duke shoots 29 of 71 from the field, 40.8%, 6 of 22 from three, 27.3%, 14 of 23 from the line, 60.9. Five double-digit scorers for Duke, however. Luol Deng, 16. Chris Duhon, J.J. Redick, 15 each. Shavlik Randolph, yes, Shavlik Randolph, 13, and Daniel Ewing, 11 for Duke. Connecticut gets three double-figure scores. Ben Gordon and Emeka Okafor, 18 each. Rashad Anderson with 14 for the Huskies, who were 26 of 52 from the field, 50%. 6 of 11 from 354 and a half, and 21 of 32 from the line, 65.6%. Sending home the Blue Devils and ending our hope of an all-ACC national championship because Georgia Tech slips past Oklahoma State 67-65 in the second game. So Georgia Tech playing for a national championship, playing against UConn, and unfortunately, UConn ends it for the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets 82-73. The Huskies beat Georgia Tech and claim the national crown. Georgia Tech trailed by 15 at the half, and though they outscored Connecticut 47-41 in the second half, it wasn't enough. Georgia Tech 27 of 71 from the field, 38%. 7 of 22 from 3, 31.8. 12 of 21 from the line, 57.1%, which hurts. Three Yellow Jackets in double figures. Will Bynum, 17. B.J. Elder, 14. Ishmael Muhammad, 10. UConn with three double-figure scores of their own. Emeka Okafor, 24 points, 15 boards. Ben Gordon, 21. Rashad Anderson, 18. For UConn, who was 26 of 61, 42.6%. 5 of 17 from three, 29.4%. And 25 of 39 from the line, 64.1%. Giving the UConn Huskies the national championship in 2004, though we did have two ACC teams in the Final Four, completing another of the best years in ACC hoops history. Your all-tournament team, Ben Gordon, Emeka Okafor, Rashad Anderson of UConn, Luke Schencher of Georgia Tech, Will Bynum of Georgia Tech, your ACC representatives on all regional teams, just four of them this time, Luel Deng, the most outstanding player in the Atlanta region. Sheldon Williams of Duke joined him. Jarrett Jack, the most outstanding player of the St. Louis region. And Clarence Moore joined him from Georgia Tech. So there you have it. Your look at 2004, the world, the ACC, the NCAA, and the Final Four. Now we have a special surprise for you. That's coming up next. You're listening to Locked on ACC. Stay where you are. We'll be right back. 
This is Locked On ACC. I'm Brian Wilmer. It is April 13th, 2020. Glad you could join us. Now it's time for the special surprise we promised you on today's podcast. We are going to share with you today the first portion of the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. This is something that every host on the Locked On Podcast Network's NFL channel and many of the hosts on the college channels have been involved with. It includes insights from the Draft Network from the hosts of Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes. This is not a predictive draft, though. The hosts don't select who they think the teams will pick on April 23rd. Instead, they're taking who they want their teams to take on draft day. So you're going to see trades. You'll see surprises. Our college hosts provided player profiles of all the players selected in the mock draft, and all 32 NFL teams are featured, even the teams that don't have a first-round selection. The mock draft special started on Friday, April 10th, and it's airing all the way through Friday, April 17th. If you subscribe to Locked on NFL on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or grab it in your podcast grabber of choice, you won't miss a show. And if you do, just go on back into the archive. You can hear whatever you'd like. Without further ado, the 2020 Locked on NFL mock draft special segment one. They've been playing the game their entire life from the playground I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. I'm number one. Maybe. To their high school. Let's hear it, gentlemen. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Let's go play some football. Let's go. To the university. We have 95 players here. So accomplished as athletes in high school. We gave them full scholarships to the best football program in the country. Now, their lives are about to change forever become your mom's favorite player this is locked on nfl and this is the locked on podcast network mock draft welcome to the 2020 locked on nfl mock draft special brian peacock here alongside former nfl scout matt williamson we will take you through the first round plus in a network-wide mock draft, all 32 teams represented, even those without first-round picks. Hosts making picks for the teams they cover, our friends from the college side of the network with profiles on each one of these prospects that get selected in the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special, why they are considered worthy of first-round selections, and analysis from my co-host, Matt Williamson, as well as draft dudes Kyle Krabs, and Joe Marino, and the Locked On NFL Draft crew, Trevor Sikama and Ben Solak. If you're listening to this kickoff episode on a team-specific podcast, you can follow along all week, every pick, throughout round one on the Locked On NFL channel. Teams are talking trades, so you may not know exactly where your team ends up selecting. We'll conclude this draft next Friday, checking in with those teams in round two who didn't select in the opening stanza, some of which might jump into round one before it's all finished and recapping everything that went down all week long. Matt, I'm pumped. Are you ready to do this thing? I'm very ready to do this thing. This is a very cool event. I think people will enjoy it. We've had so many new subscribers since last year that didn't get to enjoy it. So you're in for a treat. You're in for a wild ride and a really well put together whole situation here starting right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was one of the most popular. It was the most popular show on the NFL side of the network last year. And I expect it to be even bigger and better. And the way things are right now in the world and wherever you are listening to this podcast, I hope you are well. And I hope this is something fun for you to listen to 
all week long. Matt, as the Cincinnati Bengals go on the clock with the opening selection in the Locked On NFL mock draft, you've been through this. What are teams doing in preparation the final days and minutes leading up to the first pick for those specific teams? Well, this year, who the heck knows? I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that there's things like, you know, the, the electronics or the, or the IT people are coming to everyone's homes to make sure everything works, checking, double-checking, doing all that kind of stuff. We mentioned before, you know, maybe you could run mock drafts in terms of let's try to just do a, a whole walkthrough, basically, of how this thing's going to work. If we're going to make a trade, who's in charge of calling this team, et cetera, et cetera. But honestly, in olden in the olden days and the not 2020 draft, most of the hay is in the barn really a day or two before the draft. I mean, you might be calling agents of your favorite people to make sure that prospects didn't fall down the stairs or that knee that you're worried about isn't <laughs> flaring up. But for the most part, things should be done a couple days before the draft. Let's check in with some of our analysts here on the network. We have a pair of NFL draft shows, draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the draft dudes podcast. And let me just tell you as a couple of draft dudes, we are really excited for this locked on podcast network draft simulation where each host is going to make the picks for their team and uh, I know it's not the real thing, but it's pretty damn close. And this draft promises to be very exciting with all the dynamics between the teams with multiple first round picks and all the quarterbacks. So, Kyle, uh, I'm sure you're just as excited as I am. Yeah, the big mystery here is from the quarterback perspective, how many can we get to go early? And then the other fascinating subplot is when does the offensive tackle run start and how fast does it go? Because there's generally considered to be four top offensive tackles. There's generally considered to be three top quarterbacks. Maybe a fourth with Jordan Love if he sneaks in there remains to be seen. And the order of all seven of those players who are feasibly top 12 talents coming off the board is going to be a really interesting scenario to see how it actually plays out here. I think just as interesting as the offensive tackle discussion is the wide receiver. Everybody knows this is a really deep and talented crop of receivers, but there's really exciting guys at the top of the board. You know, could we see six, seven, eight guys go off the board in the first round? When does that run start? And uh, who are those late first round guys that uh, teams that, you know, like the Packers or or like the Saints and Eagles and, and Vikings? Who do they get if they are a, a left kind of picking the later half of those top tier pro prospects? So uh, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, wide receivers, the NFL is a passing league. And you can tell that this um, this draft is going to really help these offenses be more dynamic. Yeah, it's a deep class, and we're going to have a lot of opportunities to see players that in a typical class are probably off the board by 20. They might be lingering here in the late first round, early second round. So lots to look forward to, lots to get into. Looking forward to see how these teams start their drafts. Hey, everybody. Trevor Sykema and Benjamin Solak from the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast here with you. Excited to go on this journey of the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special. Ben, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many things that could happen in this mock draft. What are you looking forward to most? 
Yeah, it's always nice when you're able to get 32 guys, each of whom knows their team as well as the host in the Locked On Podcast Network do, and they can control for their pick. And then you have the freedom for things like trade negotiations as the pick comes off the board. You have the ability for surprises as each individual analyst focuses on their guys. I think, number one, we're not. it's not going to be a typical mock. It's not going to be like what we no, see definitely when not. only one person controls all 32 teams. There's going to be a lot more aggressive moves, so I expect to see – big trade-ups, I expect to see surprising picks, yep. and that's that's the reality with these. When you're controlling just that one team, you go and get your guy. That's what we see in the league. I guess that's what we'll be seeing in this mock as well. I'm really interested to see how the offensive tackles go here in the first round, because it's just the possibilities are endless. We saw that in our guest mock draft series that we're doing on our podcast, but I mean, what other positions are, are big ones? Quarterback, wide receiver, probably, right? Well, I think, yeah, I think that when you're making these sorts of picks and it's it's catered to your audience for your podcast, you're tempted sometimes to go for those sexier positions. And the sexy position in this draft is undoubtedly wide receiver. So to me, I'm really interested to see. We know the big three will come off the board and Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Henry Ruggs. Who's wide receiver four? Who's wide receiver five? And just how many can we fit in this first round? Ooh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Ben and I are going to be back with you recapping a lot of these picks throughout the mock draft. I'm very excited, so let's get it started. Okay, Matt, we're here. The Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Is there any doubt what the Bengals should do here? They earned the right through their poor play in the 2019 season to be drafting number one overall on everybody's list. It seems to be the same name, the same prospect that should go first overall. If their phone is ringing, should they even be answering it, or do they know who the pick will be with the first overall selection in this draft? I mean, you answer it, and if someone offers you a godfather-like offer, you consider it, and you still might not even say yes. I mean, I think Burrow is the super prospect. He would go first in almost every draft, you know, nine out of ten years. That's a gift, and the Bengals need it. He's an Ohio guy. They need to sell tickets. They need to sell jerseys. The offense that he falls into isn't in that bad a shape as first overall selections go. So I think it's kind of too good to be true. All right. With that, this draft is underway. Let's go to the hosts of Locked on Bengals and get the pick for Cincinnati. Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. With the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Cincinnati Bengals easily and without second thought select Joe Burrow. In fact, Joe, we received no calls in the war room for the number one pick. I guess everyone just knows not to ask. And I don't think we would have considered any offers anyway. So we make this pick. This pick has really been made since maybe late December when the Bengals lost to the Miami Dolphins in week 16 of the regular season and clinched their first overall pick. Joe Burrow went on a tear in the playoffs after that. And the Bengals will finally get a franchise quarterback. First time they've drafted number one since 2003 when they drafted Carson Palmer out of USC. They're in that position again. The roster has been turned over on the defensive side through free agency. And I think they're looking at this squarely of saying our Super Bowl window opens again if we draft Joe Burrow number one in 2020. That's right. The Bengals don't just spend money to spend money. This is a strategic injection of funds into the defense to make themselves competitive while they have Joe Burrow on his rookie deal for five years. He's, of course, expected to come in and be a day one starter in Cincinnati. Andy Dalton is still on the roster, but will not be on the roster by the time training camp comes around. He might not even be on the roster by the time the draft is finished. We are looking openly 
to trade Andy Dalton for whatever assets we can recover. And if that doesn't work out, he'll be cut before Joe Burrow shows up for rookie camp or for the first offseason activity that we're allowed to hold with these rookies this summer. Joe, how much better does Joe Burrow make this team? Well, the quarterback is the most important position, and I think we're looking at a guy coming off a historic college football season that many have said is the best passing performance throughout a whole season in the history of college football. What does he do better than Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton has been the Mendoza line for starting quarterbacks in the league for a long time, and I feel like all of the skills you look for typically when you look at college quarterbacks, usually they are the big guys with the strong arms going near the top, and you say, can they function in the pocket? Do they have accuracy? How's their IQ? How's their processing? Uh, how do they do off script? All the questions you normally go into tape asking with Joe Burrow, those are all the answers you have with him based on tape and based on what he showed this past year. All of those things are not in question. He has them in spades. It's the arm strength, right? That's the only area you really question. And I would say it's very similar to Andy Dalton. So it should be an upgrade in almost every area of quarterbacking other than that. And that's okay because when you look at the best quarterbacks in the league over the last 20, 25 years, whether it's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Drew Brees, they all had those other features in their game without having a cannon for an arm. Simply put, Joe Burrow is the most influential recruit in LSU football history. In leading the Tigers to the 2019 National Championship, Burrow was fantastic, shattering school records and setting national marks that may not be touched. 5,671 yards and 60 touchdown passes for Burrow while completing 76% of his passes. His arm strength won't wow you, but Joe Burrow makes up for it everywhere else. His decision-making is elite, just six interceptions on the 2019 season. He's the son of a coach and a film room junkie. There's a story about LSU beating Alabama, getting back to Tus from Tuscaloosa to Baton Rouge, and when Joe Brady, the passing game coordinator, got to LSU football ops that night to go get the cut-ups of the film, Burrow had already beaten him there. Burrow has very underrated athleticism. Not only was he a high school quarterback, he was also a high school basketball player. And his ability to move the chains with his feet is something that many have overlooked throughout this process. Burrow is a fierce competitor whose teammates love him, who rises in the biggest moments. Should Joe Burrow stay healthy, he will have a long, prosperous NFL career as a franchise quarterback. This is Matt Moscona of Locked on LSU, your source for LSU and SEC content every day. All right, Matt, there's the pick. Joe Burrow goes number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there's a lot to like about Joe Burrow. I think maybe if you're nitpicking, you can find some knocks here and there about arm strength, which in some cases is completely overrated. And uh, I, I like what was said by many smart NFL people in the past that the quarterback position isn't so much played with your arm once you get to the NFL level. It's played from the neck up, and I think that's where Joe Burrow really shines. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he is a good athlete. He has a remarkable head and poise and confidence for the game, processing, accuracy. He does not have a power arm. And that worries me a little bit considering the area of the country he's going to when it's sleeting and windy and, you know, in the NFC North and late in the year. We'll see how he deals with that, but that by no means would slow me down from making such a pick. He's a tremendous prospect.
More Locked On NFL Draft special coming up. The Washington Redskins are now on the clock with the second selection. So there's the first portion of the 2020 Locked On NFL Mock Draft special. Be sure to check out Locked On NFL all week long with episode one featuring picks one through six. Episode two will feature picks seven through 13. Back here on Wednesday's show, we'll do another tournament throwback edition. While you're listening on your smart speaker to Locked On NFL, also check out our fellow conference shows, Locked On Big Ten, Locked On SEC. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Brian Wilmer. Go check out Locked On NFL and our conference shows, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday. Take care. Be safe. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for joining us on Locked On ACC.